The Philadelphia Eagles hold on to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Monday night football to end week 11. Looking ahead to week 12 as well. Some coaching changes that might need to happen. Who's coach of the year and quarterback decisions looming for certain teams. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Speaking of coaches of the year, Nick Sirianni put a pin in that one because mm. the Philadelphia Eagles are are not really firing like they did last year. It doesn't feel like it, but they are still a team that's winning just about every single week. They improved now on the 2023 season to a nine and one record. The league's only nine win team. And there's only other one other eight win team, right? Uh, because the Kansas City Chiefs fall to seven to three after the Eagles beat the Chiefs in Kansas City 21-17. Matt, biggest story in this game is um not who lit up the scoreboard, not statistically anything that happened except for the drops. I mean, you couldn't watch this oh. game and not think. What is going on with Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers outside of Travis Kelsey? And, and he even had one as well. Like they, they legitimately dropped a win that they should have had, I think, on Monday Night Football. I tend to agree. And I, I don't mean to take a thing away from the Eagles. I mean, you go into Kansas City on Monday Night Football in the middle of November and win. Congratulations. That's a chore no matter what the Chiefs do on the field. And the Eagles played a very solid game, and I thought they did a pretty decent job against Kelsey, particularly with Bayard. Bayard looks like a nice pickup for them. But you're right, man. I mean, these pass catchers are really letting the Chiefs down and, frankly, could derail their season. You know, I mean, Kadarius Toney got back out there, but he's not that guy. You know, we, I think some of us thought maybe Rasheed Rice might have a really strong second half of the season. He's barely on the Maybe. field. He yeah, he doesn't play that much, right? One of the leading receivers in this game, five targets, third most on the team, four catches for 42 yards. So third uh, most across the board. But many times I'm looking at the field, I'm like, where's Rasheed Rice? It's just, yeah. we have a lot of guys that are kind of the, the same. And and then they brought in at the trade deadline, Michael Hardman. It's like, what's that going to do? It's just another one of the same thing you already have. Like, <laughs> right. You need something different. You need something else, something that you could hang out on. And I don't think yeah. about any of these players, even not even even a Mike Evans level player, just a guy where it's like, I know what this player is going to give me. I, I can't mm -hmm. really think about that with any of these guys, except for, you know what? Marquez Valdez Scantling's role is on the team when you're six four, and you know he came out of college with four three speed. But if you can't catch that deep ball that you create, right. then what's the use there? Three targets, zero catches for MVS. Yeah, he runs real fast and drops touchdowns. That's great. Yeah. I mean, they all do their own little things poorly. As you were saying that, I mean, yeah, Mike Evans would be great, but Tyler Boyd. I mean, give me Adam Thielen. You know, just <laughs> yeah, somebody oh, yeah. that catches the ball and moves the chains. You know, I mean, give me somebody that's past their prime that wouldn't cost you that much that is still solid you know solid would be a great word for any of their receivers as opposed to 
they're all kind of the same level of blah. Watson was brutal. I mean, so you're 100% right. Um, my also, my takeaway, though, was really good defense in this game. I thought especially by the Chiefs, I mean, five sacks in this game. McDuffie in the backfield a lot. Chris Jones. That defense is legit, and it's something that Mahomes hasn't had at his disposal for runs like this. But, man, they need somebody else to catch a ball. Yeah, really good defense. I, I thought the the Chiefs were really good up front, and it's kind of the underrated thing that's, yeah. that's helping the Kansas. The Chiefs haven't scored in the second half of games. It's pretty wild, Matt. Uh, I think it's three straight games that they haven't come up with points in the second half. That's um, unbelievable. But their defense is keeping them in games. Uh, that Philadelphia Eagles defense as well. I mean, you look at the stat line, Jalen Hurts, 14 of 22 passing, only 150 yards, no touchdowns, interception. There was a bad interception from Mahomes. Uh, not every incompletion of Mahomes, uh, you know, 24 of 43 for 177. Not every incompletion was a drop. Uh, some of it was forced by the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm watching the Chiefs, and, and they're running the ball really well. Uh, they still ran it 30 times, 168 yards on the ground. Isaiah Pacheco's an angry runner. Oh. Uh, and it felt like, man, just keep running it. But it's crazy to say that about a team that has the best quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, yet it felt like they needed to go away from Mahomes in this game, as hard as that is to do. And in the end, it might have won it for him, even though it, it was nothing Mahomes did to lose that game necessarily besides the one bad pick. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's a tough dilemma of how's the best way for us to play football. And if that was the, the thing... Maybe you should have traded for Derrick Henry, not Mike Evans, or you know what I mean, and really pound the thing and say, Pat, we'll need you a lot, but we're not going to rely on you as much. I just looked it up. I mean, they're 10th in the EPA per play, 9th in EPA per pass. I mean, it's not horrendous, but for them, that's like rock bottom. You know what I mean? Like when you're that good schematically with Kelsey Mahomes in a line, that's like as bad as it gets. Now we consider the the type of runner and, and the tush pushes and all of that with the with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles offense. They're obviously winning games for a reason, and uh, they're nine and one. But does it feel like Jalen Hurts has taken a step back this year? Just r- really inefficient. A little. Uh, I mean, I think Goddard was missed, but I mean, every team can be like, "Hey, I would mind throwing to you know Smith and Brown." I mean, I'm not crying too much that your third leading receiver is not in the game. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 I think Hurts has a knee, but I don't think he has. As I definitely don't think I, I know he's not as efficient as he's been in previous years. I think that's 100 percent true. And, and it's funny is I th- went into this game thinking whoever wins this, that quarterback is probably the lead candidate for MVP. But I don't really feel that way. No, it was anything but the yeah. quarterbacks on display yeah, really yeah. in this game. Uh, you know, stat line, the the eye test, uh, interceptions on both sides. Uh, it was the defenses that really shine for both the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles and the Chiefs, which is good news when you have an MVP candidate yeah. quarterback and you have a defense that's going to keep you in football games. And that's why both these teams have, have won a lot of games this year. Uh, did you see Jalen Carter almost intercept the spike? Yeah, that was bonkers. <laughs> I love that. I mean, like, give me that kind of weird stuff all day long. He that saw a high awesome. school kid do it. He's like, I'm going to try it. And he dove between the center's legs and almost got there. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine trying to pull that off. And what a remarkable player he is and is becoming. That is pretty awesome, though. Creative. You know, think outside the box a little bit. Good stuff. So both these teams are sitting pretty. They may they may meet again. I mean, they're going to the playoffs. They're probably winning their divisions. Kansas City will. 
they're in great shape. They, but what's crazy to your point is they both have things to work out. I mean, maybe they'll be better in the playoffs than they are now. It's pretty funny. Watch a uh, pretty fun watching Kevin Byard, you know, one of the newer Philadelphia yeah. Eagles of the trade deadline up against uh, Travis Kelsey. That was a fun little matchup there for, uh, 100%. for uh, nice right. pickup for them. The, the spine of their defense needed some work. Both these teams, good. They're going to be fine. Don't cry for yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they've been able to win ugly this year, as have the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and both these teams can win pretty as well, and we're going to be talking a lot about them uh, into January and potentially even February, but the Chiefs got to figure out something at, at wide receiver because what happened on Monday can't happen, or, or they're going to have an exit when it comes to January. Yeah, get somebody to count on. Next, uh, let's talk coach of the year candidates. Let's talk teams that really probably do need that coaching change and and. Speaking of changes, maybe quarterback changes, big decisions looming in the second half of the year for some teams at the most important position in sports. Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time and the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when it's time to buy tickets for your next big event. It should be an exciting time for you. And some of the headaches and hassles that come with buying tickets, Game Time alleviates those. They make it fast and easy to buy tickets to all your favorite sporting events, music, comedy, theater events, anything near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes all that guesswork out of buying tickets. I love being able to see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you expect when you arrive at your event. Uh, last-minute tickets, even up to an hour after the event starts, you can find great deals at game time. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're going to get a great deal without the uh, the hidden fees, which is the worst part of buying tickets for anything these days, are those hidden fees that hit you on the back end. So buy those tickets in just a few taps at game time. The tickets are right there on the app. You don't have to go fishing through email and take all the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Uh, how do you feel about the holidays? Uh, some people really look forward to the holidays, and, and some people really don't look forward to the holidays. Sometimes it's the most difficult part of the year. Maybe you struggle with seasonal blues. And I know it's happened to me at times, and this time of year can be a lot for some folks. And it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and, and give you the tools to manage everything going on in your life, in your specific situation. And sometimes just that check-in every single week to make sure you are on point and where you need to be, whether it's the holidays or not can uh, be so beneficial in your life. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, go to BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched to a, a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge and find the bright spot this season for you with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today and get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month Betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. Let's start with the positives as it pertains to NFL head coaches right now, Matt. We just talked about Nick Sirianni. You lose both of your coordinators, you have the best record in the NFL. This team's not winning pretty. They're finding a way to win ugly games. 
I think you have to po- point to coaching. And I think Nick Sirianni is a sneaky coach of the year candidate right now when you got a team that's uh, in, in that position to, to win games ugly every single week, no matter what the game script calls for. And you're in the driver's seat for the one seed in the NFC. Yeah, that's a great call. I thought I was going to surprise you with that one. I knew we were going to kind of talk like who's leader in the house of coach of, coach of the year. And it always goes to a day ball that took over a team that was horrible and took them to the playoffs. It's never like the Super Bowl runner up or champ that, you know, has another awesome year. Like if you look at some of the all time great coaches in history, I think Belichick's even applies. Like some of them have never won coach of the year. You know, know, like it's just assumed they'll be great. So uh, they're fine. You know, so it's a weird honor that way. But I, I jotted down the Eagles too. Like last night's a perfect example. Just find a way to win. And they've only not won once. I mean, so I think the Eagles are right there. I have three other teams to throw in there too. Do you have any you want to mention? Well, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Dable. This year's Brian Dable has got to be uh, D'Amico Ryan's the Texans. Yep. I mean, speaking of a team that has an opportunity to be in the playoffs right now, developing a, a rookie quarterback and winning like the Texans are right now, they you don't have to wait. They, they've arrived. And they got their coach-quarterback combination figured out. I mean, stock up huge. The sky's the limit potentially for what's going on right now with the Houston Texans. you got to be excited. And I, I think my vote right now today would probably go to D'Amico Ryan's. Strong one. That's very strong. I know they just lost, but I also thought the Vikings had a, O'Connell had a, a strong argument winning without Cousins. I know everyone loves Dobbs, but it's a step down any way you cut it. And yeah. oh, by the way, Jefferson's missed five games in a row, too. And, you know, were you yeah. trying to win to start the year or not? You know, That's I mean, a great point. What they've done with Jefferson, they were yeah. until this week, they were five and oh without Justin Jefferson. No, it's nuts. Yeah. It's great stuff. And another one that kind of just, I guess to this point, is just expected that they're really good, the Detroit Lions. I mean, I think Campbell should get a vote or two at least. I mean, considering how bad that franchise has been my whole life. You know, I mean, like the last time they were in first, I think, did you know, you? I talked about it on another show, but the the last time the Lions were in first place at Thanksgiving, JFK was in office. <laughs> there's a lot of really good ones when it comes to the lions and those types of stats. Um, I got one right here really quick. Uh, if I can find it again and yeah, here it is. Uh, the last time the lions were eight and two, it was 1962. Can you name who their starting quarterback was in 1962? Matt? Is that Bobby Lane? Uh, it was Milt Plum. I actually, somebody told me that the other day and I'd never heard of Milt Plum. I actually should have got that right. Not that I would have ever known that on my own fruition. <laughs> I know I've heard that name a time or two, but Milt Plum is not one that I would have in that immediate recall and say, oh, yeah, Detroit Lions, Milt Plum back in the day. Um, it's, uh, you know, Scott Mitchell's about as far back as I go with the with Detroit Lions quarterbacks. And, and by the way, he might be the last. Rodney Pete, who's the last quarterback to who was the quarterback when they won their last playoff game, whenever that was 19. Mm, that I don't know. Probably feel it's right in that neighborhood, though. Right. I mean, the Barry Sanders era, right? Early, early Barry Sanders era. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, it's probably one of those two, Mitchell or Pete, I would guess. I think Mitchell was later. Could be, could be. They give up a lot for him too. He's Marino's backup. He's ready to you know, burst out. That was a funny, t- fun team though, with um, Herman Moore and, and Brett Perryman, and and yeah, they were uh, good. Obviously, Barry Sanders, Lomas Brown, left yeah. back. Yeah, they were good. Good offense in particular. So, who are those? Are those who think the four? Lions, so. Eagles, I'm, Vikings, Houston. I think Houston's the vote, though. 
Mike McDaniel needs some signature wins. I think he could yeah. be in the conversation. You know, that's a, that's a team that might win the AFC East right now. Uh, just the way that Tua's playing before and, and after Mike McDaniel got there. I mean, uh, that's pretty impressive stuff, what they're doing. I think Harbaugh could be a, a consideration, but he might be one of those where it's like, ah, they're always good. He's not going to get, you know, he's not going to win that award. How about yeah. this? If the Cleveland Browns keep going and make a playoffs with their rookie quarterback, I think he's got to start thinking about Stefanski as well. Yeah, I, I thought of that, but I then kind of thought to myself, let's discuss him in a month. You know, I mean, it's almost like coordinator of the year for Schwartz on defense is is what the award should be for the oh, Browns. Yeah. Feels like right, hundred percent. Yeah. Speaking of coordinators, it's taken me this long to talk about <laughs> the mayor of Pittsburgh has has said, start celebrating Thanksgiving early. No one needs to work. We're going to party in the streets for the next three days because Matt Canada got fired. Uh, it, it's insane to me um, that people think that the offense all of a sudden is going to look like the 83 chargers with Dan Fouts and Charlie Joyner. I mean, the offense kind of is what it is, but it's a change that needed to happen. I mean, I'm in favor of it and it's been lingering forever. And a little behind the scenes, every single mailbag episode we've done (laughs) this year, I mean, that was starting in week one and it goes back to last year as well. Uh, There's at least one question about, uh, hey, Matt, because everyone knows Matt covers the Steelers. And it's basically mm-hmm. like, hey, Matt, are the, when are the Steelers going to fire offense coordinator Matt Canada? Yeah, and I, I know him a little. I, you know, I've, I've seen him around. He's a good guy. I always feel bad for people like that. Like, you remember Todd Haley. He was the offensive coordinator here, and he wasn't nearly as hated or disrespected as Canada. And my son was the same age as Todd Haley's son, and they went to school together. And the young kid couldn't even go to school for a while because, you know, he has to go to school and your dad sucks. I mean, like some of that stuff just gets ugly and stupid. But I just wanted to get that off my chest because it has gotten to that point. But their offense is abysmal. And I have a stat that's going to blow people away. Listen to this. Kenny Pickett now has the lowest touchdown rate in league history of all the quarterbacks that have attempted 500 passes. He's the only one with a touchdown rate under 2%. He's at 1.94. He has six touchdown passes this year. NFL history, you're saying? NFL history. I I assume that goes back to the Super Bowl era. I mean, I don't think we're talking about uh, Art Plum or whatever his name was. Yeah, definitely not (laughs) Milt Plum. Definitely not that. When the ball was like a manhole cover and you couldn't even throw it. But maybe yeah. they, they, no one of those guys threw it 500 times. I don't know. I'm not sure how well, far true. that goes yeah. back. There was barely a forward pass, so they didn't even throw it enough to. Maybe they didn't get there. So five anyone's thrown it 500 times. He has the lowest touchdown rate in league history. There's like Justin Fields would kill for some of the talent that's on the Steelers. You know what I mean? No doubt. Like how many. What if. Uh, and I actually looked it up last night because I was trying to figure out like where did. You know. There was guys like Dontavian Wicks and A.T. Perry that I really like. They're on day three of this draft. It was like, how could the 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 Kansas City Chiefs have a wide receiver room that doesn't have somebody that can that that, that can make some plays that you might be excited about going forward? And then I went back to last year, and George Pickens was a big one. Like, how great of a combination would George Pickens be with Patrick Mahomes, right? And I was yeah. thinking, I thought for a second, did they pick Sky Moore ahead of him? And he was Sky Moore was two picks after George Pickens. Mm, so, I knew they were close. Yeah, that could have been troll for the league, but uh, how you know. Imagine George Pickens with with Patrick Mahomes or Deontay Johnson or, you know, right. I mean, they miss they miss Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a cast off from Pittsburgh. So um, the, the Pittsburgh, what I'm getting at is the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. You have to do something drastic because it, sh- it shouldn't be as bad as no. it is because I don't think Kenny Pickett's that bad either. Right. And the offensive line is 
not as bad as it. I mean, everything everything looks worse than it should be, I feel like, with the Steelers. And frankly, they're running the ball as well as any team in the league lately. And that was how they were the second half of last year. Uh, The passing game is just unbelievably bad. So one thing I would throw out, and we'll get off the Steelers stuff here in a minute, but please check out my timeline because I cut and pasted a chart that just shows every team's strength of schedule thus far how difficult per EPA of how difficult of offense and defenses you've faced. The Steelers have faced the, the hardest slate of defenses by like a, a country mile. I mean, the Browns twice, they're first in EPA. Your Niners, the Ravens are second in EPA. So there's like, right there is 50% of their schedule almost of playing the hardest defenses in the league. You know, so I'm not saying Canada was great. I think it's a good move. It needs to happen, but Everyone thinks I'm like defending Canada. How could you say that, Williamson? All I did was post a chart to say that the strength of schedule was really, really hard, folks. You know, settle down. <laughs> it's crazy. Could they bring in somebody like Ken Dorsey? Is it in-house? Like, how does this work with the coordinator? Sounds team? like the running back. That's that's my biggest fault with the team, to be honest with you, because I understood, if you recall, 16 out of 32 teams changed their offensive play caller in the offseason. And frankly, I think there was a shortage of candidates to go get a good guy because they're all getting scooped up. I mean, you know, there's so much change. And I know the Steelers are kind of a slow moving organization, but they didn't want to change things from year one to year two with Pickett. We'll keep the course. The second half of the year was much better than the first. So I sort of understood it. But what I didn't understand is they should have hired a senior offensive assistant you know what I mean like some old curmudgeon that's been doing this for 70 years to just oversee things you know he's not the running back coach he's not anything he's just a consultant you know that you could turn this over to so yeah like somebody that's got a last name like Schottenheimer or something like that. right you know, right, 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 that right, guy. right I know his family's like he's been around the game a long time just to right. oversee things there was with the with this team when the chief when Art Rudy was part of the team or you know, I mean like just some old curmudgeon that you could dig up from the north side of Pittsburgh or wherever, but <laughs> they don't have that guy. It's gonna it's, what this is still be to be determined. But it sounds like running back coach and quarterback coach are sharing duties. So calling run and pass. Play. I guess I don't know that. I'll know that. In the first down, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I know there's teams that have done that before. Uh, split mm-hmm. up play calling duties. Interesting. I think it's just we need a change. You know, yeah. Period. Yep, and I think they did need a change. And unfortunately, Matt yes. Cannon is the one that uh, that gets the axe. Okay, next we've got to talk about some other coaching changes that might be coming and might be needed around the NFL. Which ones make sense the most? And quarterback decisions looming as well to finish up the 2023 season. Next, today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers at FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And uh, if you do win that first $5 bet, spend that $150 extra bucks in bonus bets on spreads, player props, NFL over-unders, uh, build-your-own parlays, so many different ways to bet on the NFL Super Bowl champions, the next coach to be fired. Uh, you know, uh, who's going to throw the most touchdown passes? Uh, it's it's uh, the NFL draft. There's tons of ways to bet on the NFL all the way through the offseason. Of course, every other sport out there, MLB and um, where guys are going to sign in baseball and uh, NBA's going, NHL's going. No end, no limit to the ways you can bet on sports 
at FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get it going here in the second half of the NFL season. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So which teams, and this isn't quite because we've had a, the, the hot seat question a lot in our mm-hmm. bags and um, and clearly Brandon Staley's number one on the hot seat list, I think, for the Los Angeles Chargers. But kind of looking at it a little bit differently, Matt, which teams does it make sense to to make a coaching change? Because it doesn't yeah. help if you're just making a change to change. Um, do you have somebody that you need to evaluate like the Raiders did with Antonio Pierce? Give yes. him an opportunity. Like which teams fit that mold? And I think the Chargers fit all of those criteria for a guy that seems like he's mentally lost it. Uh, the quarterback's frustrated, throwing the ball down uh, on the field. Uh, they're losing football games. They're not hitting their expectations. He's a defensive coach. The defense is underperforming. And you have Kellen Moore sitting there with, maybe that's the guy you want to evaluate because maybe he is a potential hire full-time for you after the season in an interim role now. See, I think there's three teams to consider in this light. And I hadn't really thought of this till you brought it up, I guess, yesterday, that maybe the Raiders keep their guy. You know what I mean? Like, And I think that there is value in if the owner knows deep down here at Thanksgiving that I'm probably 99% chance I'm going to let this guy go, why not evaluate somebody on staff for six, seven, eight games or whatever and see as opposed to just interviewing him after the season, you know, like I get more data on that guy and the chargers with more certainly comes to mind. Now, I don't know if Kellen Moore's overrated as a potential head coach or not, but at least it's a name that's kind of hot. I think the enemy in Washington makes a ton of sense. And the last one, I don't know if he'd get the, the yank and get pulled this quick, but maybe you promote like McCown in Carolina. You know, I mean, the Frank Reich experience is not going well at all. Interesting. Uh, the, the first two were, were the, immediately the ones that jumped yeah, to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The enemy in Washington, uh, new ownership. They've got to make some changes there. And uh, the Carolina Panthers are interesting. And, and I would say because of how there's been some reports and some rumors that maybe coach and ownership didn't agree on which quarterback they wanted to take and there might be some buyer's remorse seeing how well cj stroud is playing right now um could that be a situation and they do have a you know a hot candidate in um in in mccown there that that could be a potential guy who's been floated you know he just hasn't Mm -hmm. coached a lot you would think you would need a few years there it makes less sense but it also shouldn't be a shocking move if that did happen that is a good dark horse one there with frank reich in the uh in the carolina panthers yeah, I mean, he hasn't coached much, but maybe he falls on his face as an interim head guy and like, nah, he's not ready yet. You know, or, boy, he really is a bright and shining star like people thought. Yeah, or he yeah, he just he, he looks at things differently and, and they, they are able to get on track in a certain way and he has a rapport mm-hmm. with a young quarterback and shows something. And um, who knows? But, uh, yeah, just bad vibes in, in Carolina because I just feel like – Really bad. And all the teams, you know, whether it's the Lions for a long time, the especially the Browns for a long time, and you look at a team that struggles and does weird things, you know, the Raiders ran into this in late Al Davis era and into the Mark Davis era. The like, uh, ownership can screw things up in the NFL. And sometimes because they don't care and they're not really paying much attention, sometimes they're paying too much attention and they're squeezing too hard. And I think that might be what's going on with Tepper and the Carolina Panthers right now. 
Yeah, Snyder in Washington for all those years. I mean, there's many examples. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah, great example. No question about it. I mean, so I still think ownership's as important as your starting quarterback. Quarterback decisions, Matt. Which uh, yeah. which teams have the most interesting quarterback decisions upcoming here in Week 12 and beyond? I have seven names that I think are – auditioning might be a strong word, but to some degree the rest of the season has a lot to do with their future. So could Fields possibly play well enough for the Bears not to take a quarterback with the Panthers pick at one or two? I mean – it, could they, could they take Marvin Harrison Jr. trade the their other pick or whatever for a buttload of stuff and just say Justin you're our guy. Kyler Murray's the other one in that boat, but I think there's a much better chance the Bears are picking in the top two than the Cardinals. You know, so yes. and they have and the money less data to make them think that their current quarterback is the guy than the Cardinals do as well. Right, right. Because I mean, I, I would think that if if. I still tend to think, and it's kind of the way I've felt for you know a few months, even before before Justin Fields got hurt. It was look if the Bears end up with the first pick, it's it's over for Fields. I tend to think so, no matter what. There is a trade for him something. to go crazy the rest of the way. Um, but again, it might be a new coach. It, it might be a new like, mm-hmm. and and that's not a team that I think has a great interim option. So I don't think they should do some mid season thing. I think they should do everything they can to evaluate everybody who's currently there in their current spot, especially Justin Fields at quarterback and see what they think going forward. But very likely if they end up with the first pick, I think it's just probably, it would be really hard. Fields would have to do some sensational stuff the second half of the year. And he kind of did that last year. So it's not impossible either. Yeah. But if I'm Atlanta, I'm, Maybe Pittsburgh, you know, I'll give you something for Fields, you know. I mean, like, oh, I never thought about Pittsburgh. That would be kind of think fun. about that offense with Pittsburgh with with Fields here. Let them come, let them compete with Pickett. Yeah, right. It Just call it a flat out competition. Because if and we saw this with Trey Lance too, uh, it's not going to cost. It's not like you're going to have to spend a first round pick to get Justin Fields in the offseason mm-hmm. if the Bears decide they're going away from him. I mean, whatever third, maybe a round. second. I don't even yeah, yeah. second at the most probably, and that would yeah. be a lead too. I would imagine, uh, but I would say uh, the you know, the Steelers third round pick would get it done. Yeah. Hey, and you can have Trubisky, you can have Trubisky back too, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna need a, yeah. You're going to need a stopgap. You need, you're going to need a veteran on the roster. You send him Trubisky back. That's amazing. I never thought about that. Anymore. <laughs> I just dawned on me now. I was like, ah, send him Trubisky back. Oh, he was already there. Yeah, I, don't I don't know if the bears want to work with the Steelers and trade. <laughs> yeah. They may not be friends. Playful. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's an interesting, cause I, I do like the Falcons because they're in that same mm-hmm. spot. Like where, Record-wise, you're not picking in the top five, maybe not the top yeah. ten. Um, you know, the, the Falcons still could pick pretty high, but likely the Steelers won't have already won six games. So you're out of that sweepstakes if there's another rookie quarterback you like. But if not, you know, spend those first, second round picks on something else. Justin Fields in Pittsburgh. I kind of like that, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep up with Lamar and Watson and Burrow, maybe. And again, just have a flat-out competition. Kenny and Justin – Roll the ball out. Better, no. best man wins. You, you know, go from there. Do you so bring in? Had, do you bring in Greg Roman, the old offensive coordinator with Lamar in Baltimore? If you're the Steelers, just run it every snap. Justin Fields, say, let's yeah. go. <laughs> run the heck out of it with our quarterback. Chuck I, I don't dislike it. I mean, I think it'd be an interesting move there. So here's some other names that I think are lesser players or lesser pedigree, of course but their team probably is not going to get a top two pick and maybe they can convince their 
current teams to stick with them in one more year or whatever. Jordan Love, last two games have been better. Yep, good one. Pickett, I mean, he's not going anywhere, folks. I can tell you that. But we'll see what the second half looks like with Canada. Do you go sign a Cousins? Do you trade for Fields? Or Kenny, are you the guy? You know, I mean, I think that's still be to, to be determined. He's a first-round guy. You're not going to get anything for him in trade. You right. like him more than anybody coming out anyway. And he's not that expensive. So Right. I yeah. mean, at worst, he's a long-term, too, and, you know, plays in the league 12 years. O'Connell with the Raiders? Oh, yeah. Hardcore evaluation time there. Yeah. Um, and they're in a worse spot because – they have so much work to do on the roster. You almost, you almost yeah, want to run them back. Go another year with O'Connell, even if he's not good, because you have to build a foundation there. And they tried to skip that portion of team building mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, and, and they can't do that again. And that's kind of what Washington did with Howe. Uh, he's on my list as well. You know, can mm-hmm. you just Howe it up next year with O'Connell? I don't think Levis is out of the woods either. Nope. Uh, it hasn't quite looked like that first game where he just, you know, right. bombed on uh, who they play against when uh, when he was just kept bombing it to DeAndre Hopkins. Threw another touchdown to D-Hop last week, actually. Um, I forget. It was right before they played the Steelers, I should remember. But he was just chucking it up, too. Was it Washington? It might have been. Because Washington's been giving up a lot on defense lately. Yeah, they're making quarterbacks look pretty good lately. Yeah. It might have been. And then my last quarterback question in this vein is, is Josh Dobbs an opening day starter for somebody next year? I bet most people are like, oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know about that. I mean, no, he's got no, four no. teams in 2023. He's the perfect, everyone likes him, backup quarterback. Yeah. And now everyone. has some experience to be that clipboard holder, but that he's a break in case of emergency. He's not. I, I don't think you go into this season, unless you like drafted number one or number two, and he's your stopgap. Might for the game, but probably doesn't even start to start. The yeah. Season. Everybody wants to trade for him. Everybody wants to trade them. And <laughs> you know. like, I think the Falcons have already told us they're out. Right, they've got to do something at quarterback. Yeah, I didn't even include them. I don't think they Ritter, have. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of interesting decisions. Uh, a lot of valuation to happen for certain teams. The uh, the rest of this season, and we've got Thanksgiving football. We're gonna have our six pack, which includes all three of the Thanksgiving games and three more from Sunday. Uh, make our picks for week 12 tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Matt and I, back tomorrow, Peacock and Williamson.